Welcome in everybody to the views from the 573 podcast. Hope you all are having a good Thursday so far as we got a lot to cover here in the past week with what's going on in the NFL as we are into week two. We're going to talk about some of the games that happen as well as some of the teams that are 0-2. A couple surprises uh, here early on. So we'll talk a little bit about that. And of course, college football week three, a lot of stuff to happen. And we're going to talk about what I think is probably going to be one of the better weeks in college football here in the early weeks. In uh, week four, there's a lot of games with ranked opponents going to battle against each other. So it's going to be a fun week of college football. But, of course, we got to recap what happened in week three. Uh, before we get to any of that, again, if you haven't yet, be sure to go check us out wherever you guys get your podcast. Be sure to go turn on notifications for that. Leave us a rating and review so you guys will know uh, when we post a new pod. Be sure to go check us out on YouTube at 573 Podcast. We'll have videos up there from previous shows, a couple full pods, a couple clips from uh, other shows. So if you're interested in that, be sure to go check us out there. Turn on notifications for that as well. So you'll be notified when a new video is up on the channel. Subscribe, share with your friends, all that good YouTube stuff. And a programming reminder for entertainment. And It's been a while since we've been back on that feed. But here in a few weeks, I have to check the calendar to be specific if that's a few or a couple. But not not too long after uh, this pod drops, uh, we are going to be getting together here on, I want to say, yeah, in a couple weeks, actually. Uh, all four of us are going to be getting on together and finally doing our Pixar tier list. And uh, really excited about doing that. It's been a long time coming. We've tried to find a good time to schedule that. But we figured October 7th is a good day for that. You know, there was a question, you know, Matt is committed to pro football on Sunday. Me and Peter are committed to college football on Saturday. And while that is true, neither Tennessee or Penn State are playing that day. So we figured October 7th is a good day to go and take this. And so that's when we're going to get together and finally take that. It's going to be a fun time uh, to do all those Pixar movies and talk about them as a, a little bit different than what we usually talk with Star Wars, Marvel, and any other stuff, but uh, it should be a fun time. But uh, without further ado, let's get on to this week's show, and let's talk about, you know, let's go to the NFL this week. Let's talk about the NFL and some of the things that we've had here. And looking at the games that we talked about last week, and, of course, starting off with our Thursday night game, Vikings and Eagles. The Vikings desperately needed a win to get back in the win column. And despite Kirk Cousins throwing for 364 yards, and even though he was quiet in the second half, Justin Jefferson popping off for 159, the Vikings fell short, losing by 6, 34-28. Really, Philly leaned on that run game. As a result, with DeAndre Swift having 175 yards on the ground and a big game for him uh, being a Philadelphia Eagle. I think this was it was his second game. I think it was Rashad Penny that got his first snap as an Eagle in this game. But they leaned on the running game and they move on to 2-0. And now Minnesota's in a 0-2 hole, which for Vikings fans, after how last season went and how well they were in close games, Eh, it's not it's not good. It's not a good start. So you got a big game in week three uh, that we'll talk about a little bit later. Bills and Raiders. Bills obviously looking to bounce back from their week one loss to the Jets. And 
Uh, boy, did they. 38-10 to 10 over the Raiders. Josh Allen being turnover-free in this game with three touchdowns, 31-37, to 274. And James Cook had himself a good day with 17 carries and 123 yards. And Gabe Davis, the boomer bust wide receiver himself, had himself a decent day, six catches, 92 yards, and a touchdown. Jimmy G, not so great, threw two picks. The Bills defense came through. And so now Buffalo, they're now one-on-one. They've gotten back on the good side of things. So we'll have to see if they can continue that as uh, they got a game against the Commanders here in week number three. Ravens at Bengals. Bengals fall to 0-2. This one, you know, it's an AFC North matchup, so you don't know what to fully expect here. For me, as far as fantasy purposes, I was finally glad to see T. Higgins not have a goose egg for about the first game and a half <laughs> of the fantasy season. And uh, excited to see him pop off and get two touchdowns and 89 yards. But the Ravens ended up winning 27-24. And, of course, one of the things that you're going to have to watch is this running game. How often is Lamar going to throw and run, you know, with the Todd Munkin offense? especially now with J.K. Dobbins out for the season. How much is Justin, Justice Hill and Gus Edwards? How many carries are they going to get? And how many is Lamar going to get? So Baltimore, they came away with the victory 27-24. And, you know, Cincinnati tried to come back late, but they could not do it being down 10 and uh, lose by three. And so now Cincinnati is 0-2. So, again, that's a lot of interesting teams. A lot, a couple of playoff teams from a year ago are now 0-2 to start the season. And we know the record about 0-2. We know the, uh, the record about teams going on to win the Super Bowl or make the playoffs after starting 0-2. We know the stats. They aren't great. And uh, so it might not be uh, great that my Super Bowl pick is uh, starting off 0-2. It might, <laughs> it might be like Peter's Giants pick uh, a few years ago. Might not be that bad, but uh, it might not be great. Uh, Seattle, Detroit. I don't know if we picked that one. Yes, we did. That one went to overtime. Couple overtime games uh, here that we're going to talk about back to back. As Seattle outlasted Detroit thirty-seven to thirty-one in overtime, and Geno had himself a good day: three hundred yards through the air, over three hundred yards, uh, thirty-two of forty-one, two touchdowns. Jared Goff. Not a bad day. He did have a pick, and that really didn't help out matters for Detroit. Matt Calf had himself a good day. Amon Ross St. Brown had himself a pretty good day. Uh, but it was the Seahawks that ended up moving to one on one as both them and Detroit are now sitting at one on one after Detroit having that big win against the Chiefs. Chargers at Titans, both teams 0 and 1. You guys know I went with the Chargers last week and on the Pick them. I went with the Chargers at this 13 as far as a confidence scale. And yeah, I should have known it would have blown up in my face like that with uh with the Titans finding a way to win. But you know, the, the Titans did win. Give credit to them. They made the plays when they need to in the passing game with a big play to per uh, with the big play to Traylon Burks and big play to Chris Moore, Derrick Henry, 80 yards and a touchdown. Uh Keenan Allen, Allen had himself a big day, two touchdowns on uh, eight catches and 111 yards. Herbert, 27 to 41 and two touchdowns. It just seemed like Chargers got away from the running game. Josh Kelly, 
obviously was the starter with Austin Eckler not making the trip. So running game was lacking. Tannehill did not make the same mistakes he made in week one. Had a touchdown, was really efficient throwing the ball. I had himself a rushing touchdown as well. And the Titans ended up winning in overtime. The defense made enough stops to get the Titans the ball back. And Nick Folk kicks in the game winner. You know, I, I was kind of saying to my dad last week, it's just a kicker. Um, and we're kicking all these field goals. But, you know, I guess that's one way I was proven wrong again, is that Nick Folk came in, kicks in the game winner, and Titans are now 1-1. One and one. I want to know at home. Chargers are now 0-2. Again, another playoff team uh, from a year ago. Uh, I can't remember the Chargers made the playoffs. That was last year. But, uh, again, Chargers, they're 0-2. And uh, that's a big surprise to, I think, a, a lot of us here in the early goings of the season. Next up, we have the Chiefs at Jaguars. And Travis Kelsey, Chris Jones came back for this one. Didn't really feel Kelsey's presence all that much. And maybe that's just, you know, maybe I'll take a look at the stats and maybe like, okay, maybe I was wrong on that one. But it was a low-scoring game, 17-9. to Not a whole lot going on. Pretty much the most action was in the second quarter where, it, you know, Chiefs scored seven, Jaguars scored six. Mahomes did have over 300 yards and did have a pick. Pacheco, pretty good game, 70 yards on 12 carries. Sky Moore. Uh, had himself a good game. He had a, that one big-time reception <laughs> towards the end of the game uh, and really helped the Chiefs kind of really clinch that one at the end. Three catches, 70 yards, and a touchdown. Uh, Char- but Jaguars just could not do anything. Christian Kirk was probably the big play guy on the day, 11 catches for 110 yards. Trevor Lawrence, no touchdowns, no interceptions, so kind of a pedestrian day, 22-41 as well with 216 yards through the air, and that gives the Chiefs their third win versus Jacksonville in the last 10 months because they played each other last year in the regular season, played each other in the playoffs, and here they are playing each other in the regular season again. So the Chiefs overcome some mistakes, and Travis Kelsey and Chris Jones's season debut and win 17-9 and get to 1-1 after losing that game to the Lions at Arrowhead. Next up, Jets at Jaguars. But we we all kind of expected, you know, this game, Aaron Rodgers facing Dallas at Jerry World. We kind of expected it. Well, the of course, the win got taken out of everybody's sails when A-Rod got hurt in the opening game, pretty much the <laughs> opening possession of the Jets season on offense. So, Zach Wilson, you're wondering what the Jets game plan was going to be and, you know, I think, you know, with what you know, I think I think you got to know what you have in Zach Wilson at this point, right? And you just got to find enough opportunities to go out and make plays and try to, you know, get you in good situations where, you know, he doesn't have any kind of mistakes or, you know, like, oops, that happened type of plays. You know, you got to get yourself in good position. And with Dallas's defense, especially with the way they played in week one against the Giants, it was going to be tough, and, you know, it was tough sledding for Zach in this one, 12 of 27, 170 yards. They throw a touchdown, but threw three picks, played right into Dallas's hands. At least, he's, at least he threw to Garrett Wilson. I know that was a big thing uh, last year where, like, Garrett Wilson didn't get a lot of targets from Zach Wilson, but, you know, at least he's gotten targeted 
here in the early ongoings of the season. Yet it was two catches, but 83 yards and a touchdown. So, I mean, hey, if you're Garrett Wilson, you're like, well, at least he's targeting me more this year than he was last year. So, you know, I'll take that. Uh, but, the, but the Cowboys' defense dominated the Jets, and they dominated both these New York teams. And tight ends made the difference here. A couple tight ends here, and Ferguson and the rookie Schoonmaker uh, caught touchdowns for from Dak Prescott here and made a big impact. And, you know, the tight ends have been a thing to watch here. And, like, who's going to emerge? Is it going to be Ferguson or Schoonmaker or somebody else? Peyton Hendershot. But it was those two that caught touchdowns from Dak. And pretty much the rest of the Cowboys scoring were field goals. Now, Tony Pollard, 25 of uh, 25 carries on 72 yards. Dak, going back to him, 20, 31 to 38, 255 and two touchdowns. CeeDee Lamb, 11 catches, 143 yards. Didn't have a touchdown, but, you know, if you're CeeDee, you get the win. So Dallas, they move on to 2-0. That defense continues to exploit other offenses and make plays. So they are in for a big one this week as I look to see who they play. I don't have them listed on the spreadsheet, so I'll have to see who they play this week. But Cowboys move to 2-0. Jets move to 1-1. Next up on the schedule, we have the Dolphins at Patriots, the Sunday night game. You know, it was another game the Patriots could have found themselves to try to win try to win this game like they did in week one. And they end up falling 24 to 17. I swear I thought that final play where they leveled it to, I believe it was to Cole Strange left guard. I swear I thought he got it. I was about to and you know, it, it's like college football. I'm all for the chaos, unless it's happening to my team. Especially if it's in the negative, if it's not happening for my team. If it's not, then I don't love it. But if it's happening for my team or if it's happening to anybody else, I'm here for it. You know, but uh, man, I thought he had it. <laughs> I, thought, I really thought he had it. Um, but uh, alas, he didn't. Patriots end up losing 24 to 17. Uh, Jalen Waddle, four catches, 86 yards. I believe he's in concussion protocol. So, uh, I don't know if he's going to get to play this week, which means a lot of Tyreek Hill time. Uh, so if you're a Tyreek owner in fantasy, get ready. Could be a big week. Uh, Tua, touchdown and a pick. Same thing with Mac, a touchdown and a pick. Yeah, just kind of pedestrian days for them. Uh, Rasheem Mostert had himself a day. 18 carries, 121 yards, and two touchdowns. Had himself a big day on the ground. As Dolphins, they moved to 2-0. Patriots 0-2, and... Dolphins are looking really good right now on top of this uh, AFC East. I know it's early on, but, man, what we talked about last week, man, it could really help out, be beneficial to them. Saints at Panthers, the first two Monday night games that we had. And, you know, this one was probably the less exciting one with uh, with what happened in the Browns and Steelers game. Of course, it's an AFC North game, so, you know, it's bound to be – you're bound to have extracurriculars. You're bound to have some good stuff going on there. But uh, Saints and Panthers, Bryce Young and a second start ever on Monday Night Football. They couldn't get the job done. They tried to come back here and really pull it close. It was was a 20 to 17 defeat. Derek Carr, uh, they finally got the passing game working a little bit here. Um, They did score. I had to see and look if they scored touchdowns because, okay, Tony Jones did score a touchdown, a couple touchdowns. 
Um, so I know it was a problem against the Titans in week one where they did have that one touchdown. So they at least got a couple here. And uh, the Saints, they end up winning 20 to 17. Derek Carr, uh, 21 to 36, 228 in a pick. Taysom Hill, of course, I mean, he's going to make plays. Adam Thielen was a big part of the game plan for Bryce Young, especially late as he had the touchdown late in the game to get it to a three-point game. And, you know, Panthers end up falling to 0-2. Saints are 2-0. I believe the Buccaneers are 2-0 as well, along with the Falcons. So (laughs) the NFC South, what we talked about being maybe the worst division in football, they got three 2-0 teams. This is this how the NFL goes. Like, you have these things you don't expect, and you have – you know the Falcons, the Buccaneers, and the Saints all all two and zero. So there you go. Then Browns and Steelers, both with the Steelers being zero and one. Browns one and zero after a huge win against Cincinnati, and uh, obviously big blow to the Browns with Nick Chubb looking like he's out for the season with a significant knee injury. It was just awful. Like they couldn't show a replay of it, and. Really feel bad for him, and I believe they said it was the same knee that he hurt at Georgia. I think I remember that because, crap, I think that was against Tennessee. So I, I want to say they said it was the same knee that he hurt uh, all those years ago. I believe it was, oh, what was it, 2015? I have to think back when Chubb was there, but kind of sounds right, 2015 you know, or 2017. I, I can't remember. But anyway... It was a devastating knee injury. It really felt bad. You know, Chubb, one of the better running backs in the league. Now he's going to be out for a full season and had to see how just significant it is. But, man, you really hate it for him. And, you know, for the Browns, it takes away a big piece. Now they did sign Kareem Hunt, but you're wondering what roles he's going to have along with Jerome Ford. Splitting carries in that backfield. So we'll just have to see. But Pittsburgh ended up getting the win here, 26 to 22 and you know looking at this game at the end it was secured by the Steelers defense TJ Watt running it in for a touchdown I believe it was his first career touchdown too so what a way to get it uh is clinching this one with uh the dynamic duo of him and Highsmith working together Highsmith forcing fumble TJ taking the fumble in and uh, really getting the win for the Steelers George Pickens had himself a day Four, four catches, 127 yards, and a touchdown. Of course, he had that long touchdown uh, in, in this game, which, like, it was like, holy crap, this is why everybody's excited about this dude and his potential and what he could be. And we know how the Steelers can be with their wide receivers. They developed them really well, and maybe he can be the next great one. Uh, Najee, kind of a pedestrian day. I'm really kind of worried about Najee. He's on my fancy team, so I'm not relying on him. He's on one of them. So I'm relying on McCaffrey. And you know what? That's pretty good. <laughs> you know, relying on McCaffrey, even though he's had his injury stuff uh, as well. But, you know, we're not going to think about that right now. Um, so Steelers end up winning the second Monday night football game by a score of 26 to 22 and moved to one and one. And I believe other than that, let's see if there's other stuff that we didn't pick that we want to talk about. Uh, of course, again, Atlanta moving to 2-0. Bijan having 124 yards on the ground, so he had himself a good day. 
Again, Tampa moving to 20, uh, moving 2-0, 27-17. 20, Baker, 317 yards through the air. Mike Evans, 171 yards uh, receiving. Chicago's offense doesn't look all that great right now, and there's there's questions already being asked. So it's not great if it's early on in the season. 49ers moved to 2-0. Giants made a big comeback against Arizona to win 31-28, but Saquon is out three weeks with a normal ankle injury. So he's out, and I believe Andrew Thomas is out for this game tonight. So I guess let's transition that over to the games tonight because we're picking Giants at 49ers. And with Saquon out, with Andrew Thomas out, and I think there's other players that are going to be out. I'll have to check the injury report. But that might be enough for me to really say 49ers are definitely going to win this game. Like, there's not going to be a doubt. 49ers win this game. It's at home for them. So I will take them. So, yeah, let's take a look at who's who's all out. Wandale Robinson is questionable. Aziz Anjali's out. Mike McFadden, questionable. Uh, Redison, the guard, is out. And, yeah, Brendan Ayuk is questionable um, for the 49ers. I think, you know, 49ers, the pick here all the way. I think as far as the pick them, I think I picked them with the most confidence. So I'm going with the 49ers here to win this night. And hopefully McCaffrey can have a good game for me to get started off well in fantasy. Titans at Browns. Titans have a really good run-stopping defense. And with Nick Chubb not playing this game and you got Jerome Ford and uh, Kareem Hunt, you're wondering how it's going to be this week and if they can, if the Browns can really run the ball. And, of course, Conklin, he's, I believe, out for the season too. So, Brown's already taken a couple big hits on the offensive side of the ball. So, maybe you rely a little bit more on the on the throw game, uh, on Amari Cooper for making plays. Because we saw the Titans' the, the pass defense has been just not what you want it to be. So, maybe there can be something for Amari Cooper and Sean Watson to really kind of exploit here. As far as the Titans, I mean, we've seen the good and we've seen the ugly. Uh, week one being the ugly, week one, week two being the good, and you got to hope that you get the week two Titans instead of the week one because if it's the week one, Cleveland's going to win. And you know maybe it's not all that great that I'm picking against my team here. That let's see, is this the is this the third straight week that I've picked against my team? It probably will. I feel like I'm going with the Browns here. Ever so slightly, it might be one of my lower confidence picks, but uh, I'll go with the Browns here. It's crazy I'm picking against the Titans three weeks in a row. Uh, I don't know if it says much about my fandom, but I mean, you guys probably know how I felt about it since you know the NFL draft. It's not been great. Falcons at Lions. Falcons two and zero heading to the Lions one and one, and. I want to know if the Lions can stop this run game where Bijan has had himself his first 100-yard game uh, last week, I believe. And you got him and Algier. And same thing with Lions. What's the carries between Montgomery and uh, Jameer Gibbs going to be like? Jared Goff has looked pretty well so far. Desmond Ritter has done enough to not, you know, warn any kind of like, should we move on at quarterback kind of talk yet? 
Uh, David Montgomery is less as questionable as of right now. And, uh, you know, that could change. But, you know, screw it. I think I'm going to go with the Lions. I think the Lions, they're home favorites. I think they get to two and one. And, I mean, they got to see the opportunity here with, you know, looking at teams in their own division. The Vikings are 0-2. The Bears are 0-2. The Packers are 1-1. They got to seize an opportunity here. So I think I'm going to go with the Lions. Next up, Chargers at Vikings, a battle of 0-2 teams. Now, I, I wanted to pull this off because, you know, I saw this and knew I was going to talk about, it, you know, with the amount of 0-2 teams that we have so far. I believe we've got nine, I want to say, is uh, how many we've gotten. Not eight, nine, something like that. So taking a look at them, the Vikings, Bengals, I believe the Chargers were a playoff team too. So, like, that's three playoff teams right there. The Patriots almost snuck in. Cardinals kind of expected Texans. I mean, the Bengals and Chargers, I think, are probably the two bigger surprises of being 0-2 teams. So this one is a big one for the Chargers and big one for the Vikings because, honestly, could you start asking questions about what's next for these teams if if either one of them should fall? Now, I mean, it could all be a moot point and they could tie. <laughs> Forget that the NFL can do ties. So you wonder if the Chargers go 0-3. Are there questions being asked about Brandon Staley's job security? If the Vikings go 0-3, do you start asking questions about Kirk Cousins or O'Connell or somebody else? It's, a, it's entirely plausible. So this one's a huge game for both of these teams. And uh, maybe we'll talk about some of those questions uh, next week. But again, if it's a tie, we probably won't talk about it. <laughs> you know, But I think with this game I do think a lot of it does depend on if Eckler plays because if the if it's just a passing game from the Chargers uh, after what Kelly did last week you know maybe Kelly can get more against the Vikings defense you know not that great uh, of a run defense they've allowed 166 yards uh, rushing to opposing teams so Maybe they can get something on the ground. So I think I will go with the Chargers. You know, I think it could be another high-scoring game. I think the Chargers are going to find themselves in these high-scoring games. And Kirk Cousins has done pretty well. It's just like hasn't gone his favor. And, of course, the Vikings just added Cam Akers. So what's the situation between him and Alexander Matson going to look like? And maybe you expect Madison will get some of the carries while – Acres acclimates and then maybe see Acres really start to see some more opportunities in this offense. You know, I think we're going to go with the Chargers here. I think that's where uh I think that's where I'm leaning. So, I'm going to go with the Chargers. Patriots at Saint uh, Jets. This one's a huge one as well uh for these two teams. They're both 0 and 2. And I mean, I don't know. I don't know. The Jets run game hasn't been all that great. And he got Zach Wilson back there. And the Patriots defense is pretty good. It kept Tyreek Hill in check. I you know Tyreek wasn't the leading receiver last week. Waddle had less than 100 yards. Uh, the run game wasn't great from the Patriots. Um, so maybe there's an opportunity for the Jets there. 
But I don't know how confident I feel about a Zach Wilson-led Jets team. I really don't. But then again, the Patriots haven't been all that great either. So you know what? I think I'm going to go... Okay, well, first off, never mind. Jets are one-on-one. I forgot they got the win there. I made the mistake in, in the spreadsheet. So... But still, again, I don't feel that great about the Jets. You know what? Screw it. I think I'm going to go take the Patriots here. I think they get their first win this season. So there we go. Uh, Bills at Commanders. So Bills and Commanders. Commanders 2-0. Bills 1-1. Bills, another road game after having their last road game end in a punt return for a touchdown. Maybe things won't happen in this one like that. And uh, maybe they can find a way to win. Like Commanders, 2-0. Kind of a surprise, I would say, 2-0 team that uh, we've seen here. Sam Howell looking all right um, as, in his first couple games as the starter. Uh, McLaurin, as, as far as receiving, hasn't had any real big explosive type of games. Brian Robinson really did uh, last game, and James Cook really did, so... Maybe you want to see the passing games really take a step up in this one, especially if you're Washington and see McLaurin really start to explode in this offense. And right now, I'm taking a look at the injury report. Uh, Bills, Mike Hyde, Dawson Knox, Jordan Phillips, they're all questionable. Leonard Floyd, uh, as far as the commanders, Antartavius Martin, Logan Thomas, and Deron Payne are all listed as questionable. So we'll see if they'll play. Uh, but for the Bills, I think I do think you kind of need this one too. Win one on the road and get to get over five hundred. And like you're seeing how the East is right now. You're see, it's kind of like you're seeing what's happening with Zach Wilson, the Jets. You see what's happening with the Patriots, and maybe they go zero and three this weekend. So if you're the Bills, you gotta see this opportunity you have ahead of you. It's like okay, we need to. We need to win this game. So, you know, I think I'm going to go and take the Bills to win this game. Now, if Washington does win it, man, is it going to be a surprise? Bears 0-2, Chiefs 1-1. And again, the Bears have just been struggling on offense here in the early parts of the season. And you wonder if this could be a game where Justin Fields really starts to get better, but I mean, Chris Jones, I feel like it's going to really wreak havoc on the interior of this Bears interior offensive line. And it's just going to make life hard for him. I think there's going to be the Spagnolo's really going to try to blitz him as much as he can. So it might not be a fun day for Justin Fields. He might be doing a lot of running, which I mean, to be fair, he's quite good at it. We saw how good he was at it last year. Um, but, uh, it, he's got to throw the ball. And uh, I imagine Kelsey will do really well in this game uh, after coming back from last week. At, you know, probably just getting, you know, he got some rust from not playing in the week one game. So, you know, get back to how things normally are in week number three. So, I will take the Chiefs here to win one at Arrowhead and get the win at Arrowhead that they probably think they should have gotten in week one. Uh, Sunday night football, Steelers at Raiders. 
And uh, this will, of course, be a game at Vegas. And then the next night, we got two games on Monday Night Football. Second straight week that we will have that. And uh, so we're getting a lot of football on Monday night. Going to see a lot of stuff on ABC as well. They're getting in on this stuff. But uh, Pittsburgh and Vegas on Sunday Night Football. And right now, looking at, uh, I'm looking at the ESPN matchup predictor really close. And as far as the point spread, it's two and a half. And I feel like normally three is kind of where the home teams are favored. Like, okay. But two and a half, it does kind of say, like, maybe there's some people feeling like the Steelers go on the road here and can win this one. Now, everybody, they they do have their injuries for the Raiders, Jacoby Myers, Bilal Nichols. They're questionable. Devon Diablo, Tyree Wilson, all questionable. On the Steelers' side, Darnell Washington, Minka Fitzpatrick, uh, if he can't go, that's a huge loss to the Steelers secondary, which he could really need it uh, and help on that back end. And so if you're the Steelers, you hope that your edge rushing duo of Highsmith and Wyatt and uh, of Highsmith and Watt can really can really make plays and really make life miserable for the opposing tackles. Uh on the Raiders, Colton Miller, and I forget who the right tackle is of the Raiders right now, but it's been a problem. So maybe they can expose that. And maybe Kenny Pickett does enough to make plays. Maybe Najee really explodes for this one. Although, looking at the running backs for these teams, Najee and uh, Josh Jacobs, they haven't really done well to start off their seasons. Um. So, you know, I imagine both quarterbacks are going to be all right. Pickens and Adams, they both may play so far in the first two games. I imagine that will be the same thing here where they will make plays. You know what? Screw it. I think I'll take the home team, though. I know I mentioned the thing about the point spread, but you know what? I think I'll take the home team. I think I'll take the Raiders. Eagles at Buccaneers, a battle of 2-0 and teams. Who would have thought? Uh, probably would have thought the Eagles would be the team 2-0 and and the Buccaneers would be the team that's uh, 0-2 or, you know, 1-1. So this one will be the early Monday night game. This one's at Tampa too. And Eagles right now are big favorites. You got a couple injuries that you're worried about on both sides. Buccaneers, Carlton Davis, and Kalaja Kinsey are both listed as questionable. And Chase Edmonds is on the IR. And for the Eagles, Bradbury is questionable. Blankenship is questionable. Gainwell is questionable. That was a couple days ago. So we'll have to see if they are going to be ready to go here in a couple days from now. Right now, I feel like I should take the Eagles, though. They are a favorite on the road. They're a five-point favorite on the road. I feel like I got it. And, uh, you know, as great of a story as Baker is right now and getting the Bucks at 2-0 and doing, you know, doesn't have an interception on the season. So that's great. And uh, Mike Evans has been incredible, and so has Devontae Smith. And Rashad White's been okay. Um, I think one thing that take note of is how this Philly running game is, how many care if Gainwell is good to go, how many carries does he get? How many does DeAndre Swift get? Rashad Penny. I mean, if it is truly a, a backfield by committee, um, then how many carries are these guys going to get? But, you know, I'm going to still take the Eagles and uh, win this Monday night game. Then finally Rams at Bengals. I think the Bengals definitely, they definitely need this one. And, you know, props to the Rams. I mean, they've had guys 
that have exploded onto the scene and really made plays. Kyron Williams has had a exceptional start to this season. He's got three touchdowns already on the season. And Puka, a uh, guy right now that's a fancy darling who's making history two games into his NFL career. And right now Cincinnati is a three-point favorite. Now Burrow's less that's questionable, but I mean Burrow, I think he's going to play. I mean he, he's not going to miss it. So I think if you're the Bengals, you hope Higgins, who showed signs of life last week, you hope that continues this week, and you hope Jamar Chase shows why he is Jamar Chase and really explodes. So I am going to take, despite how well the Rams have played so far in the first couple weeks, after having a lot of doubts about them, I I think I'm going to go with the Bengals here. I think they get off the snide and uh, get to – one and two and get their first win of the year and try to get back to the playoffs. And again, that's, that is not great, but Hey, Bengals, I think they get the win here. And I think that is it for the NFL. So without further ado, let's get on into some college football talk and talk about what we had last weekend. It was a pretty, well, as far as my personal fandom aside, it was a, it was an all right week. I mean, nothing big uh, happening, but I'm really excited to talk about this next week uh, for sure. But all right, so let's talk about week number three, and we're starting off in Stark Vegas, talking about LSU and Mississippi State, and probably one that I'm sorry, State fans, if you're listening, you're probably one that uh, you'll, you'd like to forget with uh, LSU dominating Mississippi State, winning 41 to 14. Jane Daniels and Malik Neighbors, I mean, they were on another level. As far as their connection in this game, Jane Daniels threw for 361 yards and just completely looked like a, a, a star quarterback. 30 of 34, only two touchdowns, but he did run for a couple as well. And Malik Neighbors, I mean, my goodness, 13 catches, 239 yards, and two TDs. I mean, I think it was what the man had 180 or 190 yards at the half. So, I mean, he was just on another level in this game. And so, LSU, they get the win there and beat a Mississippi State to start off their conference schedule. Penn State at Illinois. And, no, we did not get a sequel to the nine-overtime game uh, a couple years back. Penn State beat Illinois, sadly, 30-13 to as they keep on moving up and heading to Big Ten play. Kansas State at Missouri. How about that? The thicker kicker. <laughs> and what I've heard them call him Money Mavis. Uh, Mizzou, 61-yard field goal by Harrison uh, Mavis to win the game against Kansas State. It, it was the longest field goal in, I believe, SC history, 61 yards. Really kind of amazing. There was some confusion because, I mean, Mizzou wears yellow, and, you know, there, somebody was worried, like, Oh, there's a flag on the field, but it turns out it was just something yellow that, that wasn't a, a flag from a referee. So besides that confusion, Mizzou ended up having a huge win over Kansas State. Uh, went with Kansas State here. I think, you know, you know, kind of talked about in the group chat. Uh, probably not as much confidence in Mizzou from Rebecca at, in this game. But, uh, hey, anything to prove us wrong. So Mizzou, big-time win there. Georgia and South Carolina, this one was actually kind of shocking to see South Carolina stay in it for so long as they did. And then Georgia, I think, just came in the second half and just 
know, asserted who they are. South Carolina couldn't get really anything done in that second half. Uh, they were up 14 to three at the half against Georgia. Really kind of had the defending champs on the ropes with their long win streak that's now uh, 20 games in the SEC. So they were up against it, but Georgia scored 21 unanswered points in the second half and really kind of helped themselves. Carson Beck had a decent second half. Uh, Edwards, really good second half as well. But the Georgia defense really came to play in, in the second half as well. And that's, you know, keeping the game Cox shut out in the second half. That was big time for him. And so Georgia gets a win there, 24-14, to 14, but just ever so slightly against the Gamecocks and moves to 3-0 and keeps their SEC win streak alive. North Carolina and Minnesota, both teams 2-0 on the season. North Carolina ranked, Minnesota not ranked, but North Carolina gets the win here. And Drake May, he does have himself a good game. We talked about last week, he needs to have himself that really big, Star performance, and he did have a 414 yards, but the two interceptions, you'd like to see that cut down a little bit. Um, 29 to 40. I mean, other than the two interceptions, he played really well. So, cuts that out, then you're gonna be fine. But North Carolina, they get the win there, so I'm sure they'll take it. Washington at Michigan State, Michael Penix Jr. I gotta say, guys, I've been thinking about this over the weekend. I think he is this year's Hendon Hooker. And what I'm getting by that is we've seen Penix at Indiana before. And it was just, you know, kind of a guy like, okay, he's all right. You know, nothing spectacular. And then, you know, Hooker, he gets in the right system with Heupel, and we see him take off and explode. And, and last year was exceptional. And if it wasn't for the ACO injury, I think probably should have been a Heisman finalist. That's as far as I'll go in, in that. I think Penix Jr. is the same kind of way where it's a guy that had some struggles, had some stuff at Indiana, then gets into the right system here at Washington with Kalen DeBoer and has really kind of taken off. And this, I think it's kind of like a good comparison in that regard. And, and just looking at this game against Michigan State, now Sparty had its own thing going on with what's going on with the Mel Tucker situation. So they probably weren't, weren't going to win that game regardless because of what was going on there. Um, but, man, let me tell you, Penix Jr. has been an, on another level uh, so far to start this season. 473 yards through the air. And I believe he had well over 300 yards at the half. <laughs> so he was just doing incredible work, 27-35, four TDs as well. He has just been... He's just been on another level. I want, kind of want to pull up his stats and see what they are right now. As uh, He's thrown for well over 1,300 yards. He's got 12 TDs to one pick. So he's been doing really well. But again, and the completion percentage is like 74.3. That's amazing. So I think he's this year's hidden hooker. I think he's, you know, still got a lot of season left to play, but he's been amazing this year. Next one up. Tennessee at Florida. Boy, oh boy. Uh, where to start with this one? Uh, not what I expected. But, you know, maybe I should have expected it. Playing against uh, a team that, you know, we haven't been them at their place in 20 years. Probably should have expected that. Um, I mean, listen, offensive line, I mean, they got worked. Running game wasn't all that great. Dylan Sampson didn't get a lot of touches. 
I really need Cooper Mays to come back. I think that could help offset a lot of things going on up front. Uh, Mincy did not make the start at right tackle, so maybe that can help as well. Saw a little bit of improvement from the wide receivers. They did get some separation, didn't make a couple of big plays. And, you know, before we get to the big one with Milton, the defense, I think there's another thing I forgot to mention. Like, normally, whoever wins the rushing battle, whoever, whichever team has the most rushing yards, they usually tend to win this game. And, you know, maybe that hasn't been the way in past seasons. But it's a stat I've forgotten that, you know, it's sometimes true in this series where the team that rushes for the most yards wins. You know, Graham Mertz did enough for uh, Florida not to uh, lose in this game. But really, the run game, particularly behind Trevor Etienne, who had 172 yards and a touchdown this game, he was the difference, I think, on this side of the ball. And looking at uh, Tennessee's defense, I mean, you know, Florida, I don't know what the game plan was in the second half. Maybe they knew, like, Tennessee with the screens they were throwing and how they were slowing down the running game that, you know, they could just do whatever they want. They can run the ball if they wanted to the whole second half. I don't know. But um, Florida scored 20 in that second quarter, and that was really, I think, where things kind of shifted there and really pushed the Gators into this position to win this game. Oh, had a couple things that happened there. You know, Milton had that interception. You know, one thing that's been rare, Tennessee quarterbacks here in the last three years since Heupel's been there is that not a lot of interceptions have been thrown. And uh, one was thrown up here, and one that was stupid to throw up kind of was like a punt in that regard. And I think had a receiver open, but it also might have been due to the offensive line. The offensive line has just not been what it was. I mean, last year, you had Darnell right on the right side at right tackle, holding it down. And you had Cooper Mays playing in this game. And so, like, you're missing a couple key contributors on this front line. But I also have to wonder how much of it is Milton, if this is just who he is at this point. You know, they took a couple of downfield shots in this, in this game, which I think we've all craved and wanted because Milton's got that huge arm. So I think this game against UTSA, which we're not picking this week, I think this game against UTSA is going to answer a lot of questions as they head into a stretch here in which, you know, I'm a little bit more concerned now than I was, you know, before the Florida game. I mean, or maybe before the Austin P game, maybe I should say, because South Carolina, they're coming up uh, to close off to September. Then you got the bye week. And then you got this, these three games where you got A&M coming to town. Then you got to go to Bama and then you got to go to Kentucky. So you got all these games coming up, and so they're a little bit more questionable now. And I'm not saying maybe they see if Nico is the guy. Maybe it's still a little bit too early, but I don't know. Maybe if there's struggles this week, maybe at least see what he's got. Maybe at least see what he's got. So I don't know, but sometimes with the quarterback change, you got to be careful because it could, you know, in my experience with Tennessee, it normally does, could affect the locker room. So We'll have to see, but Florida gets a win there, 29 to, oh, what was it? I can't even remember what Tennessee put up. I mean, it hasn't been great. It, it wasn't great. Uh, the Brew-McCoy touchdown was nice, and the Thorn catch was nice, uh, 16. So, I mean, there we go. And then he had the stuff at the end. I mean, I I, I, I don't know. It, it just wasn't great. So, moving on from this one, uh, I've been really not wanting to talk about this game for uh, this whole week, and now that we've talked about it, I'm glad it's done. Arkansas 
BYU, battle of 2-0 teams. And BYU gets the win 38-31, to uh, a high-scoring game. Really fun game. Last year's game was fun, and this year's was as well. And uh, BYU scored a touchdown there in the fourth quarter to clinch the game in their favor. Slovis, not that great. You know, 13-25, 167 yards and two touchdowns. Uh, Jefferson was okay as well, had himself a pick. Uh, but BYU, they rallied twice in this game, beating Arkansas on the road to stay perfect and move to 3-0 and and putting Arkansas down to 2-1. They head into SEC play with a, a matchup against LSU that we're going to be picking here in a minute. TCU at Houston, Big 12 matchup here. Win with TCU on, on this one. And TCU did end up getting the victory, 36-13. to Probably really good for them and trying to get back on track and move to 2-0, one and on conference. Chandler Morris, not a bad day, 24 of 37, 314 yards and two touchdowns. Did also throw a pick. But if you're TCU, you take that, you take the win, move to 2-0, and it's a conference win. So 36-13 to in favor of the Horn Frogs. Then we get the backyard brawl between Pitt and West Virginia. And like we talked about last week, this game last year uh, was just crazy fun and went down to the wire. This one, not really. <laughs> the antithesis of that, not all that exciting. Uh, 17-6 West Virginia. And, you know, West Virginia, they did get their revenge on Pitt this year. Just not a high-scoring, exciting game uh, between these two teams. Really not all that great. The stats aren't that great. Jerkovich, the quarterback for Pitt, was 8 of 20, 81 yards, and three picks. And that kind of really sums up the kind of game this was. It, it was a it was an ugly one uh, for sure. But uh, West Virginia gets a win there. So there you go. Now let's talk about week four because I'm really excited about this week because just looking at the games I have listed, I'm going to – I have to count them, but I see one, two, three, four, five, six ranked matchups here that we're going to be picking. Here in week four. So I'm really excited to uh, talk about these games with you all. First up, though, Florida State going on the road to Death Valley and play Clemson. Florida State had some struggles against Boston College last week. So maybe it's good they got that out of the way before they head to Death Valley and, and face the Tigers. This one's a, a pretty big one. And I know I picked Clemson here. Or I picked... Well, wait, I picked Florida State here, but I thought Clemson was going to win in the end. So you know what? I'm not worried about that. So I feel comfortable. I feel good enough going with Florida State to win this game. But they don't need to let what happened in that Boston College game come back to bite them. Maybe they were overlooking BC a little bit in uh, preparation for this game. Uh, I mean, they won't say it outright. So I think I will take Florida. At Florida State, I think I'll take them. Um, I think I will take them to really put Clemson in a in a hole here, going to two and two, zero oh and two in conference. I think I'll take the Seminoles here to win this one and move to four and zero, oh and uh, I mean keep on proving why they are as good as they are this year. Now, I did. I think I heard something. I don't know, I don't know if it's true. You know about Jordan Travis getting a little bit banged up. So uh, we'll have to see if that's the case. But I'm going to go with Florida State here to go Death Valley, 
get a road win against Clemson. Auburn at AM SEC matchup here. AM 2 and 1, Auburn 3 and 0. Oh. Probably not the most exciting SEC matchup. That's going to be one here a little bit later. Um, but nonetheless, it's an SEC matchup between these two programs. And this one's going to be an early one. Going to be an early one at College Station, so they're going to be geared up and ready to go with the midnight yell thing and all that stuff. So right now, AM they need they look to recover from that loss they had against Miami a couple of weeks ago. They did that against Louisiana Monroe, forty-seven to three. So you hope to build on that. So looking at, I'm kind of taking a look at the stats here. You know, if Auburn really wants to run the ball. A&M's defense is stout. They've only allowed, they've allowed less than 100 yards per game this year so far. So if Auburn really wants to run the ball, like there's a as far looking at their stats, you know, it's it's very easy as far as how many yards passing and yards rushing that Auburn has per game this year so far. But I mean, if they if they like to run the ball, and by the average, they've run the ball more. Uh, is for it's like 215 yards compared to 212 through the air. It might be tough for AM. It might, it might be tough for them to go against AM's front and try to run the ball with Ashford and Jarquez Hunter. And, you know, maybe Thorne runs a little bit. So, you know what? I think I'm going to take the Aggies here. I think I'm going to take the Aggies. I think Auburn does try to get that running game going. But I think I'll take AM to stop it and have them move to 3 0 or 3 and 1 rather and get a conference win. Colorado at Oregon. We did talk about the Colorado and Colorado State game, but man, what an environment. I mean, you had freaking Kawhi Leonard coming out to the game. <laughs> the man's going out to this game and he's missing some of his own games. Now, listen, before I hear from it, I know it's, you know, injury and, you know, load management, all that stuff. It's just a joke. But uh, I mean, still. <laughs> getting Kawhi to come out there. Kind of crazy. Colorado ended up beating Colorado State in a fun game last week. And they, they did lose Travis Hunter, though. A lacerated liver. And that just sounds <laughs> that sounds horrible. Um, so he's gonna be out, I believe, three weeks. And it's gonna be a big stretch for Colorado because he got all these games coming up, and he got this one against Oregon, which Oregon's looked really good so far. Uh, to start off the season, ranked number 10 in the country. And Bo Nix has looked great. Really, everything from Oregon's looked great. And Oregon opens up as a 21 point favorite. I think for Colorado, they need to play that complete game. They haven't played it yet. Coach Prime has said as much that they haven't played that complete game yet. And if there's any time for the defense to really step up, it is now. Th- but it's really going to hurt not having Travis Hunter back there uh, at corner and also playing some receiver. That's going to hurt. So you know what? I think Colorado does take its first loss here, but I'm really hoping for some fireworks here in this one. I think it has all the potential to be a really fun game in the middle of the afternoon on ABC. So I'm going to take Oregon, but I'm hoping we get a fun one here. And uh, it's not Oregon winning, you know, being a 21-point favorite. So I hope Colorado covers in this game. UCLA 
Utah, this is another ranked matchup, 22 versus a number 11. Both teams 3-0, and and another ranked game in the Pac-12. And I wonder if, I imagine Cameron Rising is still, still going to wait to see if he's going to be back. But if he is, that could be good news for for the Utes. Uh, Dante Moore, the freshman, has done pretty well for UCLA so far. Uh, seven touchdowns, one interception. He's thrown for 615 yards so far this season. So he's not done too bad. And, uh, you know, he's going into a pretty hostile environment. His first big-time road start, and it's against a, a Pac-12 opponent that's ranked one spot below the top 10, I imagine it's going to be tough. Now, as far as looking at the stats for this game, both, you know, the the teams have been great that, you know, UCLA has played, and Utah has played Florida and Baylor, uh, and they played Weber State. But the rushing defenses have been pretty good so far. I have allowed less than 70 yards rushing per game. The passing yards have been okay as well. It's slightly over 200 yards per game. So defenses are doing okay. Uh, they're, it's less than 300 yards per game the defense are giving up. As far as the offense for Utah, significantly less than what UCLA has. Again, granted, UCLA hasn't really played any big-time opponents. SCSU, uh, Coastal Carolina, I mean, you can say what you want, but not big-time opponents. Their offense has really done well. And so I'm wondering if the freshman really finds out how tough this environment is because it was tough for Florida going into that environment uh, week one. So I'm curious to see how he, he handles it heading into Utah. Um, You know what? I think I'm going to – I will take UCLA. I think I'm going to take them with the upset here. I think he handles it well. I imagine I think this game will screw me over, but you know what? I, I'll take UCLA. I'll buy into the freshman quarterback a little bit here. Ole Miss at Alabama. Man, it's I don't think there's ever been a time I'm more tempted to take a team over Alabama, other than my own team, than this one right here. Because what Alabama showed against USF, I mean, what the what was going on there? That was I was actually kind of shocked. I mean, besides the camera angles, which I mean, I'm glad they got that fixed. I mean, my goodness, I mean that was just kind of like I was struggling to watch that, and it wasn't the game itself. The camera angles just weren't that great, but thankfully they got that figured out. But Alabama, they're back to square one with, with Jalen Milrow. Buckner couldn't get anything done. Simpson couldn't get anything done. So now they're back with Milrow which I honestly think does give them a better chance to win. I kind of feel like it's in the same thing with Milton and Tennessee. Maybe they give them those guys give those teams a better chance to win because Milrow, if things break down in the passing game, he can't create stuff with his feet. There's that. And with the other two guys, they're they're not as likely to do that. But, man, if there's ever a time for Ole Miss to go to Alabama and knock them off and really put Alabama in a hole, it is now. And with last week, you got to feel for your Ole Miss. Like, maybe we can maybe we can go on the road and take care of this Bama team. Maybe we can go and beat them. Uh, maybe Quinshawn Judkins can really start to get going now. 
Uh, he's really kind of struggled here early on in the season. So maybe seeing Alabama not be the typical Alabama team that we've known over the last decade plus, maybe Ole Miss says, hey, we can go and do it. We can go and knock off Alabama and put them in a 2-2 hole here early on in the season and give them a conference loss to start conference play. With that with that said, I do find it tough to go against Bama. I, they are six-and-a-half-point favorites, which, I mean, I think kind of surprised me with how they played last week. So I will take Bama, but I honestly don't feel that great about it, to be honest. I think I will take them as slight favorites. Well, so I'll take them, but you know, it's one time I think maybe I should have picked Ole Miss. Uh, Arkansas, hold on, jump the gun here. BYU at Kansas, battle of three and O teams. Kansas has looked pretty good so far to start the season. Daniels, uh, liked what you've seen out of him and uh, what he's done so far. And you know, we talked about this in our previews when he played last year, they really took off, but when he didn't, and when he got back, it just wasn't the same. But right now, they're looking really strong, and they're facing a BYU team that just came off a win at in at, at Arkansas against a SEC school. So they're coming off a, a tough road test. And so, man, if Kansas wins this one to get the 4-0, oh boy, this one's going to be on ESPN as well. Uh, so keep that in mind. And going to be around 2.30. There's a lot of good games around this 2.30 uh, period here, and this one is one of them. And I really think I'd like the Jayhawks to win this game. I think I, I think I really like them. Their offense has done really well. Daniels again has done really well to open up the season. So I think I am going to take him and the Jayhawks to win this one and move to four zero against the Cougars of BYU. So I'm going Jayhawks here. I, I, Got to be careful of a certain can- phrase that goes with Kansas here, or otherwise I'm going to hear about it. Arkansas at LSU. Arkansas looking to bounce back after their loss against BYU. And LSU, of course, having that big game against State, looking to continue that momentum heading into conference play and trying to go to 2-0 and early on. You know, I think I will take LSU to win this game. It's a night game at Death Valley, and, I mean, we know how those are. So uh, I think LSU gets things going. I think last week really kind of helped them get things going on both sides of the ball. Perkins got a little bit more on the outside and got to rush the quarterback a little bit more in that game. So I think LSU being 17.5-point favorites, I think I'm going to go ahead. I'm going to go with the Bayou Bengals here and uh, take LSU. Next one up, we got another ranked matchup in the Pac-12. What's with the Pac-12 as of late? Oregon State at Washington State, number 14 versus number 21. Both teams, 3-0, good starts to their season. And I really want to know what the line is, but I know DJ in his first start with Oregon State did pretty well. A little bit of a difference than what we saw at Clemson. So, you're Oregon State, you got to be excited about that. Um, 630 yards, six touchdowns to two interceptions. Uh, Cameron Ward 
has been amazing for Washington State as well. Uh, has thrown for nearly a thousand yards, and he's got nine touchdowns to no interceptions. He's got a couple rushing touchdowns as well. So he has done really well to start off the season. Oregon State, they're coming when they're going on the road as three point favorites. You know what? I think I think I'm gonna take the Cougars. I, I think I am. You know, I'm looking at the stats here. Sure, Oregon State's defense has done a little bit better, but man, Washington State's offense has exploded. They're averaging over 400 yards passing per game. I think I'm going to take the Cougars here. So I'm going to go with Washington State to win this one. Top 10 ranked matchup, Ohio State versus Notre Dame. Uh, Of course, last year, Ohio State got the better of the Irish as in Marcus Freeman's debut as a head coach, ended up losing this one against his alma mater. Now he gets them to go to Notre Dame, gets them to face them there. And go to South Bend. I couldn't think of it at first, so there we go. Ohio State honestly hasn't really impressed me. I haven't seen too much of the games, but like just seeing the scores of their games, just really kind of, it really hasn't impressed me all that far. And maybe that's the thing with, you know, what's going on with their quarterback situation with uh, Kyle McCord. It just hasn't been all that impressive now here in this what in this last game against Western Kentucky. They went 63 to 10, so it was a little bit better than their first two games. Um, but I mean, it hasn't been all that impressive uh in the early onset. I mean, last week was McCord's best game by far, 19 to 23, 318 yards along with three touchdowns. Marvin Harrison Jr. did his thing and did his stuff. Went over 100 yards and a touchdown. They're on five catches. Of another Dame, their running game has been really good. Uh, right now, they're averaging over 300 yards passing and 200 yards rushing. So they're doing really good. Ohio State's run defense has been solid this year, you know, giving up less than 100 yards per game. Uh, Notre Dame's defense has been pretty, pretty solid uh, so far as well. Man, and Ohio State is a three-point favorite. You know what? Screw it. I think I'm going to take the Irish here. Maybe I shouldn't, but I think I'm going to take Notre Dame. I think they get their revenge from last year and uh, beat Ohio State. I just think I haven't liked what I've seen of Ohio State here early on. So I think I'll take them. And then finally, Iowa versus Penn State. This is a ranked Big Ten matchup. Iowa coming in at 24, Penn State at number seven. Both teams 3-0 in Iowa State, where Iowa needs to, again, average 25 points a game for friends, the offensive coordinator to, you know, help himself out a little bit here. We'll have to see what he's got up in store for Penn State. But I imagine it's a night game, Happy Valley. Uh, It's the Big Ten opener for Iowa. It's the Big Ten home opener for Penn State. I think I'm going to go with Penn State here. They're 15-point favorites. And, you know, we'll have to see. I mean, Iowa, they've done well so far. 21 points in the first game and 24 points in the first game, 20 in their second game. Then when it exploded for 41 points last week, what gives them the right to explode for 41 points? That's Iowa, you know. Um, But 
I think the Hawkeyes lose their first game of the season to Penn State. So I will take the Nittany Lions. Again, you can never count out the variable, the unpredictable variable that is James Franklin. Um, so I will, but I will still take Penn State to win this one. So everybody, that does it for college football in week number four. Again, really excited for what we're going to have in store with all these ranked matchups. Again, that 230 window looks like it's going to be a really packed slate of games. So you're going to have uh, your pick of games during that during that time period. But everybody, that is all I have for you all this week. Thank you guys again so much for tuning in. As always, it means a great deal to have you all make us a part of your day and tune in to what's going on in the world of sports, uh, especially what's going on in the world of college and pro football. So again, thank you guys so much for taking up some of your time to hang out with us and tuning in to this week's show. Again, check us out where you guys get your podcasts, turn on notifications, do the same with YouTube stuff. Be sure to go like, comment, subscribe, share with your friends. But that's everything this week. Have a good rest of your day, everybody. Have a good weekend. And until next week, we'll talk to you all next time.